Hey folks, Alex Lux here. Before we start today's episode, I would like to acknowledge that today is Remembrance Day, and here in Canada, this is when we honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So let's take a moment of silence before we start the episode. We will remember them. Hey there, folks. Alex Lokes here, and welcome back to Classic Camera Revival. Now, last episode, we discussed various black and white motion picture stock, but we realized that is really only half the game out there. There is a plethora of color motion picture stock that is recently, well, not recently, getting into the hands of many photographers as a lower cost option to color regular C41 color film. Now, we here at the CCR, we don't do a lot of vision shooting, but we know enough people out there that do. So we have brought in a couple of ringers to help us out with this euphoric episode. Roll the intro. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival. Coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. Okay, so welcome back, and let's just get right into introducing our guests with the man who needs no introduction, as he has already appeared on our show, Mr. Bill Manning from the recently discontinued Studio C41 one-hour podcast, but reincarnated as one of the trio behind the Atlanta Film Co. Welcome back to the show, Bill. Glad to be back, man. It's uh, it's different being on the other side of the chair uh, on the interviews. So it's, I've been out of the game for a hot minute, and it's, it's weird being on the other side. So really excited about the conversation we're going to have, though. And joining Bill all the way from Hotlanta is Christina Haley. Hello. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the Atlanta Film Co. You came here with a beautiful, beautifully designed logo. You offer so much to, to the film community. Where did this idea come from? Uh it's kind of interesting. The idea had been around for uh, about a year or so. Um, we we offered ECN2 processing services through Dunwoody Photo, um, working with uh, Kodak Film Lab Atlanta. Um, and so word was not really out about it. You know, we had, you know, a few roles come here and there. And, and the setup that we have, um you know as we once we had enough rolls of uh, motion film we would send it to the uh, uh kodak film lab uh where the kodak engineers will you know process it and then we bring it back to here at dumwoody and then we we scan it in on you know these commercial scanners that we have and um it got to a point where uh stock and getting a hold of film was really, really limited. And I mean, Chris, I think there was like at one point we went like almost 
four months, I think, without having any color stocks. We still currently have some film that yeah. hasn't even left our distributors to us that we've ordered four months ago. Yeah. So we're still kind of seeing some of that happening now still. Yeah. So it got to a point where uh, our other partner, Michael Beatty, he's the owner of uh, Dunwoody Photo, and Christina here's the, the lab manager. It got to a point where we just said, well, you know, we have this set up with, you know, Kodak Film Lab Atlanta. You know, what if we ended up spooling this motion picture film and then put it on the shelf and let the customer know, hey, this is a special film. It has to come back to here. So that way we can process it in the chemistry because no other lab will do it. And the situation that, you know, we or more so the what we created allowed customers to come right back and and get the processing and uh Dunwoody photo gets a lot of foot traffic uh i know that there's a lot of uh other film companies out there that do a lot of mail-ins and stuff like that but i would say the majority of the business that comes into Dunwoody photo uh is all foot traffic so um people will come in they will uh you know buy a roll of film and then maybe a week or two, they come back with that role and it gets processed. Um, so for us, at least it just kind of made sense. And, you know, it, it was tough being able to tell the customer for months on end, like, Hey, we don't have any color film, no color film, no color film. I think any retailer will be able to share very similar stories and, you know, we don't like letting the customer down. And so the, this kind of was like, let's give this a shot. And, Kodak uh, Film Lab Atlanta just does the processing that, and that's pretty much it. And, um, and so they were okay with us, uh, you know, going through the process of, you know, doing that and we're not stepping on any toes per se. And uh, we've been doing it since June, June, July. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. When we first started yeah. out, we were probably on average turnaround about a month, I want to yeah. say. And now with as much volume that we're getting back in pretty consistently twice a week, we're sending up at minimum 12 rolls at a time, if not more. And mm -hmm. that's with both pickups and drop-offs. Yeah. So it's seeing, we're seeing a lot of growth with it, which is a good thing. Yeah. And it's consistent growth too. So we, we've been, uh, it's been very busy on this side. And so the results that we get out of the scans are just, phenomenal the the noritsu scanners uh really love vision film because the images that come out of it are just stunning so we've you've you've mentioned these kodak vision three films what what are the film stocks available what makes them different from the uh from the average c41 yeah so um there's uh i don't know the stock numbers right off the top of my head for most of them but uh i do know most of them but uh you have your 200t or excuse me we'll start with the lows so you so you have your 50d you have your 200t your 250d you're in your 500t for color negative um so those are the primary ones that um get sent off um ecn2 processing um is very similar uh, in the sense of in, you end up getting a negative at the end of it all, but there is a, a process in which the film goes through 
that uh, has a remjet removal process. And essentially it's a black carbon backing on all, all the film that serves a lot of purposes in the motion picture industry, which uh, prevents uh, scratching from the machinery. It also um, uh, reduces halation. Um, so the, there's uh, other companies out there where they remove that prior. Uh, and then you get this uh, very aesthetically pleasing red glow uh, on very intense uh, lighted lit areas. Um, and so some people could be willing to say that, you know, hey, by removing the remjet, you're creating a bit of a flaw. But again, it's, it's more of an aesthetic that people have learned to really enjoy. Um, but if people don't want to have that, then, you know, the remjet is essentially there to do the job where it reduces that effect. Um, so in order to do that, uh, you have to run it through a, a pre-bath that has a very alkaline water and that alkaline water breaks up the, um, the adhesive that holds that remjet uh, backing. And then through a washing phase before the developer using jets and buffers, uh, that remjet is removed straight off of the back and then it's ready to go into the developer. And at that point it's a, it's a developer uh, fix, uh, bleach and then fix. And then several rinses after that. So very similar to C41, but you know, a couple other added steps. Also, I take it from your description, the fix and the bleach are two separate stages. Exactly, yeah. Makes sense if you want to do a bleach bypass, for example. Yeah, and, and the ECN2 process, which is a, a completely transparent process, you could actually type in ECN2 process, and Kodak actually has a whole PDF on the mechanical process, because ECN2 is more than just chemistry. It's also the, the machinery that processes it as well. So um, the if I remember correctly, the, the stop bath goes through like an actual sulfuric acid stop bath. So like there's vents um, that, you know, you have to have good circulation to pump that sulfuric acid uh, gas off to get it out because you know, it can be very dangerous. Um, so it's, it's very strong stuff that they're, that they're running out of those uh, facilities. So one thing that, um, that has been uh, starting to come into uh, to home home developers is a home ECN two kit. Um, FPP recently released one. Cinestill has one. People have done homebrew ones. What's the difference between something done at a commercial lab like uh, the Kodak Motion Picture Film Lab in Atlanta versus someone doing it at home? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I've done reviews on like the Cinestill Film One and the QWD Labs is the, the popular one uh, here out of the U.S. Uh, I have not gotten my hands on the one that's out of Italy, which is Bellini Photo. Uh, those are the really the three biggest ones that are out there. Um, and I would say that um, for the most part, the chemistry that goes into it is not terribly different um but it's that level of accuracy when it goes through the process the, the temperatures the amount of time that it goes through um there is just a level of uh preciseness 
um, because when you think about it, these are the same, this is the same process in chemistry that major motion picture films go through. So if you have, you know, a hundred million dollar production, you need a certain level of accuracy for that to go through. Um, so something that you may not necessarily have that kind of flexibility with the homebrew stuff. Um, right. Don't get me wrong. The homebrew stuff is, is fantastic and, uh, and not to, you know, put any diss at any of them because I think they do a jo good job at what they do. Um, uh, but there is a level of preciseness that we want to maintain when it comes to, to stills and, um, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to tell people, hey, EC and two, the, 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 the putting air quotes around it, uh, EC and two has been kind of like almost like a bastardized uh, process because uh, EC and two, as I mentioned earlier, is not just the chemistry, it's also the physical process in which it goes through that makes it EC and two. Um, so these are all specifications that are set by um, Eastman Kodak. So, um, and, and ECN stands for Eastman Color Negative. So, I mean, this is a, a very specific process that is developed and maintained by uh, Eastman Kodak. Now, when you were when you were listing the uh, four four different film stocks for the Vision Three films, some have a D at the end of them, some have a T at the end of them. What what does that really indicate? Yeah, so the D stands for uh, daylight balance, and then the T stands for tungsten balance. Uh, so the D, uh, the D is really kind of a, you can go outside and, and photograph, and what you're going to see in the image is exactly what uh, you would expect um, by your eye. Tungsten balance takes uh, the yellow light that you would see commonly in your inside house, uh, and it balances those from yellow to a natural white light. So if you were to go outside in daylight, you would actually see your colors to be more of a blue hue to them or look much cooler. Um, now, there are filters that you can get. Um, and I'm a big fan of the 85B filter in which you can screw that on and... Uh, and then go out in daylight. And then as you're looking through the filter, everything looks really orangey because uh, tungsten light is a combination of yellow uh, and a little bit of red. So you get that red, or excuse me, that orange light that comes out of it. So um, so you're, you're looking through a, a, a filter that has that orange light, but once you process it, it's actually balanced for what it is for daylight. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's different, but the cool thing is, is that, that, uh, the Noritsu scanners that, you know, we use here are pretty darn smart. Um, and so we found that, um, you don't necessarily have to have a filter, a tungsten, uh, filter to, um, for the Noritsu in order to get it right. Cause they, it looks at it, it looks for you know, where are my neutral whites and stuff like that. And then it tries to make a, uh, I guess its own color science to figure out what is, you know, white light at that point. So for a lot of the guesswork on our end in the lab here, um, the, uh, the uh, tungsten balance without a filter is not an issue. 
Nice, nice. Now, crazy as this sound, um, a lot of people have chosen to develop their Vision 3 films in standard C41 kits, um, which works. I've, I've done it a couple times before myself. But what would happen if you took your standard, um, say, Gold 200 and ran it through the ECN2 process for like a home kit? Yeah. Um, in general, it, it is a more of a reduction in contrast for the most part. Um, uh, you, you'll probably have a slight shift in color hues. Uh, that will be the more term, correct term around that would be your gammas. So your, your colors will be probably a little bit more mute, muted looking. And, and the reason for that is because um, uh, once the film goes through a, the ECN2 process, then the idea is then it goes through um, a uh, digital capture at that point where it becomes uh, a digitized file um, and it has a uh, uh, like a log capture which allows the color graders and editors to be able to uh, really make adjustments to the color on the, on that film so uh, a lot of flexibility um, with you know what you're starting with and what you end up with can be night and day but yeah we do get a lot of requests from people that you know they'll send portrait 400 in and say hey can you run this through ecn2 which we can do and it's not an issue nice. won't, won't mess up the the uh, chemistry over at the lab um and uh, even even with uh the color reversal uh you know we have the um uh, 5294 uh eastman color uh reversal which is, is traditionally an e6 and uh, but you can cross process it in ECN2, and with some adjustments to color grading, you actually get some incredible colors out of them. So that was a perfect segue because your most recent launch, and that was about a month ago now, um, was Euphoric 100. Now, why did you choose to call this Euphoric? Um, you mentioned a stock number. What is it called for the average Joe? Yeah. So um, the 5294, it, it's, uh, it's an E100D is essentially what it's called uh, from the motion picture side. Um, and 5294 is just a stock number um, that uh, the motion picture industry uses to identify it. So like, for example, 500T is 5219. Um, uh, 250D is 5207. So uh, in the motion picture industry, uh, in a common tongue, I guess, uh, the, that is what they kind of refer to as, as the stock numbers. So, um, so 5294 essentially is, is the uh, color reversal. Um, and so uh, euphoric, uh, so it was really exciting when, um, when I, uh, it was a big influence on me when I watched, I'm a big fan of the TV series Euphoria. And what made it really interesting is in season two, uh, the cinematographer Marcel Rev um, came up with this idea to uh, run that 5294 through 
uh, an ECN2 cross process. So think of you know taking Velvia or something like that and running it through C41. That's a cross process. Essentially, it's the same concept, um, but running it through a different chemistry. And uh, you are given a negative uh, when you scan it in. It has a very strong green hue to it. And um, and what their cinematographer did in working with the editors is that they filtered that green hue out. Um, and that's essentially just offsetting it with a whole bunch of magenta uh, and then, you know, small tweaks for whatever the lighting is and skin tones and all that stuff. Right. So it's not just like, a oh, yeah, the slider from green to magenta, you know, plus 500 or whatever. You know, there, there's still tweaks that have to take place with that. But uh, the exciting part about it is that once we watched the series and then that interview with Kodak and Marcel Rev came out and kind of explained that process, we, we kind of took that idea and went to Kodak Film Lab Atlanta and said, hey, would it be dangerous for us to run our own color reversal through this ECN2 process? And they said, no problems, we can do that. And so that's when we bought a 400 foot can of 5294 and, you know, we just kind of had went to town with it and just tested it out ourselves. And, um, and then when we were getting the scans back, we were realizing we might actually have something here because we're filtering out that green cast on the, on the commercial scanners ourselves. And we're getting very similar looks. Um, and so we decided to take it to the next step and we, we reached out to a few testers. We sent those roles out to the testers and said, do your worst with it. You know, what, what can you come up with lighting situations? Let's, you know, take this outside of our control and see what we can do. And every single tester that came back, we were able to present them with amazing colors um, out off the scanners. And it, it got, it we realized that it was like, we got something here. And, and, um, and so as a tribute uh, and an inspiration from the TV series, we came up with the name Euphoric. And, um, and so uh, we uh, went, excuse me, we went live about a month ago and we launched on a Friday and we had to pause sales on Monday because it was becoming so overwhelming for us that we realized that we just could not keep track. And, and the great thing about working with, uh, you know, getting purchasing this motion picture stock is that it seems like that, you know, getting the supply is bountiful. Um, so we, we kept the pre-order open with really no set limitation because we can get access to it very easily. Um, but it got to a point where we were so overwhelmed with the orders that we said, okay, we need to pump the brakes. Like, you know, from an operational standpoint, we really need to collect ourselves. And so it was a tough decision, but I mean, I think it was all for the better and it kind of gives us a little bit of breathing room and, you know, get inventory caught back up. Cause I mean, everything got wiped out. I mean, our people bought 500T as well and 250D, which, up, up until the release of Euphoric, 250D was the hottest seller. Um, so uh, it, it was quite uh, exciting to see, you know, uh, the, the passion that we have for uh, expanding the growth around ECN2 is starting to take a strong foothold. 
we've even had some people already come in here asking, when are we going to be stocking you for on the shelves? Um, so I, I think people are extremely excited about it and we're excited to be able to provide this for people. Absolutely. And, and we've received a lot of requests from uh, some, some of the majors, major retailers. Uh, we've, we've been asked about distribution through Europe already. So, I mean, we went from a little Atlanta local, you know, providing film for the local community to now on an international stage, uh, and literally over the course of a weekend, it's, it, it's been very humbling. Sticking with Euphoric 100, it's Bill from the, yeah, Bill Smith here. Um, as an E6 film, can I take this to any E6 lab and they can process it normally without the Remjet surprise? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and there is a uh, misconception about all motion picture stocks having Remjet. That's not true. Um, uh, you have your double um, X film. Uh, does not have a remjet in it either. So absolutely 5294 can go to any lab uh, for uh, E6 processing. Uh, if you do want to get that special sauce uh, where you get the uh, uh, the euphoric look where you know our uh, scanner text here will will color grade that uh, for you as well. So um, the effect is not as strong. You do get a positive uh, through the E6 process um, and it's beautiful colors uh mm. but what we are trying to push is the the ecn2 cross process and and i have shot e100d in uh, super 8 i've shot like four cartridges and that was it because that stuff's expensive to get processed i, I have i have a uh roll of 7294 because that's a 16 millimeter uh, and eight super eight or eight millimeter is uh, has a seven instead of a five. So uh, 72.94, I shot it. It's so expensive that I have not yet processed it. It's been sitting in a Ziploc baggie for six months now. And I, I really yeah. need to get it. <laughs> I actually ended up, I ended up sending mine to Dwayne's photo in Parsons, Kansas. And uh they, they did a fantastic job processing it and telecineing it. Okay. Um, I, I ended up giving away one of the original, um, one of the original positives um, to, uh, to someone as a memorial to her husband. Mm. Okay. I, Wow. We actually covered a lot in such a short time. This is absolutely fantastic. Any last words? I mean, uh, we're just really excited. Um, I know um, there has been concerns about, you know, C41 and, and how it is doing as far as the industry. I still think C41 is, you know, still very, very strong, but I do think that uh ECN2 has its place, and I, I still think that uh, it can be a equalizer to uh, C41. And so our goal here is to essentially just kind of normalize it, you know. And uh, I know that there's a lot of boutique labs out there that are now considering uh, ECN2 um, from a rotary uh, process 
you know, running it through their Jobos and stuff like that, which is equally a, a uh, good process. Um, and so more and more labs are starting to consider it. And, um, and so we're, we're just uh, trying to kind of spread that awareness that there are options out there for ECN2 and that uh, labs should also consider it as well. Okay. Well, again, thank you both for, for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to sit down with us and talk about what is obviously a passion for, for you both. And we here at CCR are looking forward to trying out Euphoric ourselves. At the time we're recording this, our roles are just winging their way through the uh, Pony Express all the way up to the cold north. They'll probably hit a dog sled at the border. <laughs> and uh, we'll get it in our hot little hands because I'm weird. I like slide film in the winter. So can't wait for the snow to fly and I can finally crack that, uh, that ECN2 kit from the FPP. Yeah. That, I, I'm really excited to see what, uh, what you create out of that because uh, one of the scariest things about releasing, you know, euphoric is, just all the creative people that are going to get their hands on it, you know? And so, mm. um, so I'm just looking at the film over here on the table and I'm just, I'm just thinking all the wackiness that's going to come from it. And uh, we're, we're just as excited as far as the people that do decide to send it back for ECN2 processing all the different lighting situations and, you know, it's, you know, we've learned a lot just from our test roles and then working with the testers themselves, you know, we, we kind of already know what to expect, um, you know, from this film and, and it's something we can kind of talk about really quickly about the characteristics of euphoric and ECN2 is that uh, it's a very contrasty, right? So it, um, it, you have to ideally keep it within, uh, you know, four stops a dynamic range from your highlights to your shadows. So it's a very narrow uh, dynamic range, but if you are skilled enough to do that, um, you get some amazing colors out of it. Now, I've, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a bad thing, right? To have such a small dynamic range, you can really create some uh, moody images, right? You know, the, the second, um, you know, you start exceeding that dynamic range in your shadows, it just goes straight to black. Um, mm. and so, um, we've seen some amazing images from one of our testers, uh, Joshua Crawley really kind of tested that. And so he created some amazing images, um, that we were just completely blown away by. So we're really excited to see, um, what folks are able to create uh, with it. And, uh, for anybody that does want, uh, buy you for it, definitely, uh, you know, check out our website, uh, atlantafilmco.com. And, um, there you can buy the ECN2 process and then just mail the film with an invoice and, uh, and then Dunwoody photo will take care of it from there. And then you'll get scans back and, and they'll mail the film back. Nice. And you can see, you can find links to all this and some of the beta test example images on our show notes. Bill was so nice to send us the press kit, which included some, some beautiful examples from some very well-known photographers within the film community and some sample photos. 
Well, folks, that takes us to the end of this episode. As always, my name's Alex Lokes. Get out there, stay safe, make something awesome happen. This is Bill Smith. Stay, stay cool and try different kinds of film. And, uh, well, I can't, I don't know if I can use my old tagline for my old podcast anymore. <laughs> Go for it. Um, how about this? We, we have been saying this is the little hashtag that we started and it's I heart Remjet. And, uh, and we got stickers already going for it. So, uh, that's, that's going to be our tagline. So I heart Remjet.